thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Progressive Field in Cleveland. It's the Cleveland Indians for the Kansas City Royals 2. The Indians and Royals split the two-game series early in the season. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. And it took a while. It took until the sixth inning for this game to get fun for Indians fans. Well, if you're a fan of strikeouts, that's not true. If you're a fan of strikeouts, this was fun from the first inning. If you're a fan of offense, yeah, it took until the sixth inning for this game to get good. And uh, Jose Ramirez, Jose Ramirez comes through twice in this game. Two home runs, two two-run home runs for Jose Ramirez. Uh, and that was all the Indians need needed because Shane Bieber was on the mound just throwing strikeouts like crazy. He only had four hard-hit balls off of him, according to Baseball Savant. So Shane Bieber was locked in. Jose Ramirez was locked in. And right now, that's it for the Indians. That That's your team right now. Doesn't it feel that way? Maybe Emmanuel Classe. Maybe, um, maybe Josh Naylor. I don't know. Like That's your team right now. So uh, let's get into it. Let's get into the game. Let's get into the storylines. And like I said, the big storyline out of this one, the thing everyone is going to talk about is Shane Bieber's strikeouts and Jose Ramirez's power. All right, let's talk about Shane Bieber first. So he goes six in a third, could not get out of the seventh inning, does give up two runs, although one of those runs was an inherited run that James Karinchek let around, come around to score. Uh, four walks, 12 strikeouts for Shane Bieber. After two starts, he is leading Major League Baseball with 24 strikeouts. Garrett Cole is second with 21 strikeouts. Trevor Bauer, third with 20. Lucas Giolito, fourth with 18. Sandy Alcantara, I might not be saying that right, from Miami, he is fifth with 17. Uh, and these guys all have two starts under their belt. So everything's even there. So yeah, Bieber is leading the league in strikeouts once again. He does have seven walks on the season, which is a little bit concerning. Uh, last year, I think it was an insane ratio of strikeouts to walk. Uh, this year, not looking as great, but the strikeouts are still there. He's still getting out of it, even in, say, the first inning when he lets two guys on base and uh, has to work out of it because the Indians cannot have a clean first inning. He gives up a single to Benatendi. He walks Salvador Perez, but he does strike out Jorge Soler. I don't think Soler had a pretty good day at the plate. What did Soler finish? Yeah, three strikeouts for Soler. So not good. Not good. Where's the hat trick? Um, The only one who got to Shane Bieber, the only one who really got to Shane Bieber, uh, Benatendi played him tough. He had a single uh, in the first inning and then drew a walk later in the game. Salvador Perez. Salvador Perez comes up in his second at bat in the fourth inning, first pitch swinging. Bieber throws him, uh, I don't know, he was probably trying to throw it for a strike, but he threw a curveball that was a good couple inches off the plate. Like, it is... It was well, well off the plate. And Perez, that dude is strong. That You have to be strong to be able to reach out and take a pitch like that. And he hits it to dead center field. He hits it out to center field. 
it goes 419 feet to dead center field. Uh, the announcers weren't sure. Uh, you know, they gave the old gamble drifts back and then realized it was a home run. Uh, yeah, it was 104.5 exit velocity on a pitch that, I mean, he, I guess he squared. I guess he got the barrel out there, but he really had to reach out. You would think you would lose some power reaching out that far, but no, Salvador Perez absolutely launches this ball into straightaway center field, into the trees there in center field, 419 feet. So that's the only guy. That's the only guy that got to Shane Bieber really today. Other than that, it was all about the strikeout and Bieber's pitch mix. He was using the fastball, of course, sticking with his four-seam fastball, threw it 44 times, 43% of his pitches, threw 103 pitches on the day. He was throwing the slider a lot. He was really using the slider, and it was effective. His uh, We talked about CSW before, right? Called strikes and whiffs divided by total pitches. He was a 30% CSW on his fastball, which is good. That's, that's pretty good. He was a 47% CSW on his slider and 45% on his knuckle curve. The slider, which he threw 34 times, he had 20 swings and induced 50. 15 whiffs, only one called strike, 15 whiffs and one called strike. They kept trying to hit that slider and it was down. It was down and out of the zone and they just kept swinging at it. Overall in the day, he was a 38% CSW, a little bit down from where he was in his first start. But that's really good. That is at an elite level uh, for that stat. Looking at his pitch location, we talked last time about how all his fastballs seemed like they were up. This time, it looked like he was definitely using all four corners, using the entire plate, using the entire strike zone with his fastball. And I think that made a big difference. He was able to put that fastball in the lower corners. He loves getting strikeouts there. He loves painting along the outside edge with his fastball for strikeouts. And he was able to do it today. Was it the heat, right? Was it like a 70, 80 degree day out there? Was it the heat that just really unlocked Prime Bieber? Maybe. Uh, the location of those sliders, I don't know why these guys were swinging at some of these sliders. These things are down. They are down and away to the right-handers and down and into left-handers. I'm guessing he threw most of these to, uh, to the right-handers. I mean, the one that Whit Merrifield struck out on is basically in the dirt. It's basically on the plate. I mean, these guys were really, really going out of their way to swing at that slider. So Shane Bieber absolutely locked in to start the season in Cy Young form to start the season. All right, let's talk about Jose Ramirez because Jose Ramirez definitely did some damage today at the plate. Let's take a look at the uh, the illustrator for Jose Ramirez. See where some of the location was on uh, some of those home runs. And uh, yeah, those two home runs were were pretty much down the middle of the plate. He actually, before his first home run, fouled one off deep down the right field line, put it up near the uh, the corner bar up there and uh, in the standing room only seats. But he comes back. And uh, this is in the sixth inning on an 0-1 count, second pitch of the at-bat. He's able to launch it 107.9 exit velocity. 
uh, it was a fastball. The first one was a hanging breaking ball, which is why he was ahead on it. The second one was a fastball in middle, right at the belt. Perfect spot for Jose Ramirez to turn on one. Instantly, the way it jumped off the bat, you instantly knew it was gone. And then later, Greg Holland pitching to him in the eighth. This is in a tied game, by the way. And uh, he hits one at 108.2 mile per hour exit velocity. This one was a breaking ball, maybe a slider from Holland on a 3-2 count. And he launches this one out to right field. So Jose Ramirez, I mean, he is our offense right now. He absolutely is our offense right now. He's hitting 350 with a 1.081 OPS. He had three hard hit balls today. And uh, yeah, he is the whole offense, which kind of takes me into my second storyline, which is what this offense, who's struggling, right? Who is really struggling in this offense? Where, what's, what's not working in this offense so far to start the season? Um, the leadoff hitter. Absolutely, the leadoff hitter is struggling. Looking at all the guys that have let off or hit in that leadoff spot so far, Jordan Luplo, Ahmed Rosario did have one pinch hit at bat in the leadoff spot, and Ben Gamble, so far, they've had 16 at-bats. They've only scored two runs, one hit, which was a solo home run by Jordan Luplo, uh, two RBIs. They've walked six times, three walks for Luplo and three for Gamble. And they've struck out six times. So the average looks terrible. The on-base percentage is actually serviceable. Uh, you know, it's an over 300 probably on-base percentage if you add it all up together. Uh, so those six walks are saving them. I mean, Gamble does come around to score on Jose Ramirez's home run. So he's able, that's, what, that's his job. That's his job as a leadoff hitter. He got on base so that Jose Ramirez could drive him in. So... Yeah, you want a leadoff hitter that can hit, though, right? You want somebody up there that can hit. One hit between the two of them, between the three of them in uh, five games so far, that's just that's just awful. Now, Cesar Hernandez is not doing much better. He's only hitting 111 on the season uh, with a 439 OPS. He didn't have any hard hit balls today. So it's not like we would be in any better situation if Cesar Hernandez had been leading off and Gamble and Luplo had been hitting ninth or eighth or seventh. Really, our offense would not be in that much better of a situation, but I know all you Daniel Johnson fans or you know Oscar Mercado fans or Bradley Zimmer fans or Nolan Jones fans or Bobby Bradley fans all want to see one of these youngsters inject some life into the offense. And I got to be honest, I'm kind of getting to that point. I'm also interested in keeping my eye on Fermil Reyes. Now, yesterday he had four hard hit balls, including that double off the wall. Today, nothing hard hit from Fermil Reyes. He, in fact, he had three strikeouts today. And I got to be honest, I'm a little bit worried about his, his patience at the plate. Fermil Reyes it feels like chases a ton of pitches down and away, a ton of changeups, a ton of breaking balls. In fact, when the Tigers were throwing up fastballs, right, they were challenging him with fastballs up. I was surprised. I was really shocked because uh, every I I know I know sitting here watching the games at home that Fermil Reyes will chase a breaking ball down and away. Uh, it happened again today. I'm I cannot remember exactly which at bat it was today, but. He had one where 
he spit on a pitch. He spit on a pitch that was a breaking ball away. And I thought, good, good. He's learning. He's going to be patient. The next pitch was a fastball that the pitcher spiked. The next pitch after that, the same breaking ball away, and he swung and whiffed at it. So looking at the numbers, actually looking at the data, they, on Baseball Savant, they don't have the updated data yet for 2021. But looking back at 2020 and 2019, his whiff percentage, his whiff percentage is pretty high uh, when it comes to down and away. And it measures in half-inch off-the-plate increments. Um, so just being a half-inch off-the-plate, he's whiffing at almost 100%. Almost 100% down and off-the-plate on the outside edge. Even the, the corner of the strike zone, he's at a 62% whiff. Uh, he's taken 21 swings in that little zone and whiffed 13 times. This was last year. This was in 2020. So yeah, Fermil Reyes really, really needs to work on being patient and laying off that pitch and letting it come back in. Otherwise, go the other way with it, right? That's the other option. Go the other way with it. So far, his spray chart so far in this season in 2021 he is not using the whole field. He's been pulling the ball a lot. Um, he's pulled the ball 46% of the time, straight away 46% of the time, went opposite field only 7.7% of the time. That's not typical for him. Last season, he was at 27% opposite field. And we saw it with Miguel Cabrera in the very first game. If you can go out and reach that pitch, you got to go opposite field with it. He is still trying to turn on it like it's a breaking ball down the middle, that's not going to work. Now, this is not in any way just a Familio Reyes thing. Like, I was like, okay, who's another right-handed power hitter that I can kind of look at, kind of compare him to? I was like, oh, Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz would be a good comparison in the Central Division. And Nelson Cruz's swing, his whiff percentage uh, chart is almost identical. It's down and away. I mean, that's how you're going to strike out a power right-hander. You're going to throw a breaking ball down and away. Or maybe if you have enough of a fastball, you can beat him high. But I can tell you his whiff percentage, even above the zone, is, is not a guarantee that he's going to miss that ball. So uh, at the middle top of the zone, he's only a 43% and a 44% whiff. This is for Mio Reyes. So yeah, so Nelson Cruz, it's exactly the same. So it's just something you have to live with when you have a right-handed power bat. They're going to swing and miss. When a breaking ball comes down and away, it's a question of whether he can be patient, lay off enough of those pitches to make that pitcher try to bring it back on the edge of the plate where he can reach it and where he can do damage. And we know he can go to the opposite field. We know his most of his power is to right center field. We've seen it before. So look for that. Look for that to happen in the games coming up. All right. What else is going on with the offense? The other thing is... And the other thing I think that's making people mad is there doesn't seem to be any rallies. Where have all the rallies gone? It feels like so far in five games, there's been one honest-to-God rally, one good rally, and that was that Sunday game where we ended up putting up nine runs. It just doesn't feel like we're getting, you know, piling the hits on top of each other. We've gotten a couple of home runs, right? We've gotten a couple of good home runs. Jose Ramirez saved us today with his home runs. But 
it just doesn't feel like we're putting together any rallies yet. And I think that's what's missing. That's the fun part of baseball. Yes, okay, if you do, if you hit eight, you know, eight would be insane. If you do hit four or five home runs as a team in a game, yes, that's fun. But the thing that like really gets you excited, the thing that makes the crowd stand up and cheer, John Adams bang on his drum, is rallies. It's rallies. It's logging a couple of hits together. It's stringing together a double, then a single, and then another double. You know, it's things like that that really make for exciting TV, make for exciting baseball. And we're just not getting that yet. So that will be interesting. I think the problem is we're not leading off innings very well. So uh, yesterday we pointed out that anytime someone got a hit or a walk, it was came with two outs. And it's really hard to put a rally together like that. So, I mean, if I were the Indians, I would really, really be concentrating on getting that leadoff guy on base and hoping something that can happen behind it, right? If you are leading off an inning, you got to be doing whatever you can right now to get on base and get something going. So those are the storylines. Uh, it's really, this it was a pretty simple game. Bieber's striking everybody out. Jose Ramirez is hitting everything out of the ballpark. Even the foul balls are going out. And uh, yeah, that's the storyline. That's the game. So uh, other MLB news. Before I get to my MVP for the day, other MLB news. Uh, I got to talk about Tyler Naquin. And Twitter blew up last night. Because Tyler Naquin goes off for two home runs, seven RBIs against Pittsburgh last night, or two nights ago. And uh, he even hit one out of Great American Ballpark. He hit one out, out of the stadium. This isn't a euphemism. He hit it out of the actual stadium. Uh, So a prolific uh, power showing from uh, from Tyler Naquin, and everybody blew up on Twitter, and there were two camps. There were the, I can't believe we have to watch Ben Gamble when Tyler Naquin is hitting these home runs in Cincinnati camp. The Dolans are cheap. I can't believe they wouldn't pay for Naquin camp. And then there was the other people attacking them who were the, oh, we all know Tyler Naquin sucks. Oh, you know, he gets on these hot streaks and then gets cold. Oh, they were throwing him classic Tyler Naquin pitches down and in. Uh, wait till they learn in the National League that all you have to do is throw high fastballs and he can't hit them. So these two camps are warring yesterday on Twitter. And I can't stop the war, but I can tell you that remember, baseball is supposed to be fun. And when a guy goes off for seven RBIs and two home runs and then hits another home run on the first pitch uh, yesterday, a day game against Pittsburgh, first pitch hits another home run, It's fun. Enjoy it. Celebrate it. He's a former Cleveland Indian. He's a former first-round pick who we've been watching for years now in our organization, and he's having some success to start the season, and you should be celebrating it. You should be enjoying it. Yes, will Tyler Naquin come back to earth? Probably, but on April 6th, Tyler Naquin was king. There was nobody better in baseball than Tyler Naquin with seven RBIs, so stop fighting on Twitter about it. And just enjoy baseball. It's the same thing about the Indians today. You can fight about how the Dolans are cheap, or you can enjoy the fact that Shane Bieber struck out 12 guys and Jose Ramirez hit two home runs. That's what I'm choosing to do. That's what I'm choosing to celebrate. Now, I tweeted this out. Those two guys are probably the two guys that you could build a whole franchise around. 
The Indians are kind of built around them right now, but we don't have a real long-term commitment to either of those players. Jose Ramirez has his option years. Shane Bieber still has arbitration. If you're the Indians' front office, you have to be looking at this and go, these guys, these guys should be the franchise. Jose Ramirez has been red hot for a while now, right? A couple of seasons now. I know he went through that big slump. I think it was the beginning of 2019. But he's been rock solid for us for a long time. And Shane Bieber is, I mean, at a complete another level. He's he's leading Major League Baseball right now in strikeouts. He is uh, arguably the best pitcher in baseball. And if the Indians front office is not thinking about how do we build around these guys for the next six, five, six years, then I don't know what they're thinking. Then they must be thinking full rebuild because that's the only other option. Um, so yeah, so MVP for the day. Of course, it's a toss up here. I got to give it to Jose Ramirez. Shane Bieber didn't get the win. Jose Ramirez got the win. Let's be honest. The two run home run in the eighth inning. He got that win. So uh, yeah, Jose Ramirez, MVP for the day. In the actual box score, the win went to Emmanuel Classe. Uh, James Karinchak actually gets a blown save because he comes in and gives up on the first pitch. He comes in with runners on first and second. First pitch gives up a single up the middle, which brings in that runner from second to tie the game. He does get out of the inning there with a the score tied 2-2. Classe comes in, gets two strikeouts. Really excellent pitching from Classe. Great mix of his fastball, his insane cutter, and his slider. Really kept the hitters off balance. Not one hard hit ball off of him. And Nick Wickren actually comes in and gets the save on a really clean ninth inning. Only threw eight pitches to get through the ninth inning. So a much better appearance from Nick Wickren in this one. So there you go. That is my thoughts on the game. We have another off day. Why do we have another off day today? So enjoy it. The weather is supposed to be warm. Until it rains, go enjoy the weather. And then we'll be back on Saturday morning to talk about the Detroit Tigers game. The next actual game the Indians will play will be at home, a 7 o'clock game Friday night. It's going to be Plesak and Tehran. It's the same matchup from game two, so they're running it back. And we'll see if the Indians could do a little bit better against the veteran Tehran than they did the last time because they made them look fantastic last time. One last thing. One last thing before we go. Speaking of making guys look fantastic, Jacob Junis. I'm telling you, if the Royals would have won this game, Jacob Junis is a long reliever right now for the Kansas City Royals. And we made this guy look fantastic. He pitched five innings. It was supposed to be an opener. He was supposed to maybe go through the order once. He goes five innings, gives up one hit, no runs, two walks, six strikeouts on 58 pitches. Five innings, 58 pitches. I mean, we made this guy look like Shane Bieber. We made him look like Garrett Cole. We made him look like an elite, elite starting pitcher. And... uh yeah, if, if the Royals would have won the game, I may have given him MVP for the day because he was really, really that good and locked in to start the game. So, uh, yeah, I just got to give him a shout out. You got to give credit where credit is due. And Jacob Junis pitched fantastic for the Royals. So it'll be interesting to see what the Royals do. The next time we see the Royals, is he a starter in their rotation? 
he's a guy that can stretch himself out uh or is he stay in this opener role and uh and the royals try to make bullpen days uh you know every five days or six days for him so all right that's all my thoughts thanks for joining me on this cleveland baseball morning again the final from cleveland it's the indians for the royals two we'll be back for that next game to see if Plesak can get revenge against tehran you can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can now email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so go to anchor.fm forward slash clevelandbaseballmornings. You can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. <laughs>